Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, super <laughs> wonderful, super smart, and Disney father figure <laughs> loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Oh, you're so sweet. Speaking of Disney fathers, we're recording this on Father's Day, and you are the best Disney dad, Disney loving dad that I know, and you're so wonderful, and I just want to wish you the very best. Happy Father's well, Day, honey. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you. I really appreciate oh. it. Michelle's done some wonderful things for me already <laughs> on Father's Day. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Deserve way more. <laughs> uh, but happy Father's Day to yes, all of you uh, Disney dads out there. You're all very special to us, and we appreciate that you uh, are joining us for on this Father's Day or the week uh, post-Father's Day or whenever you're listening to this show. Right. So. Just keep celebrating. Just keep celebrating Disney dads, Father's Day all year. And the, today's episode is going to be a special celebration celebration for Disney father figures. Right. We'll get a little more into that as we progress through this show. Mostly we want to thank you for joining us mm-hmm. today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, why don't you go home and go ahead and... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't take long. No. Go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea, actually, because you put together a wonderful newsletter. And uh, I think it's for the people who have already subscribed. I think there's it's been some great interactions with them. And, you know, we just want more of you to be able to interface with us in a different perspective. And we just use it to share information to send you. We don't give your email address anywhere. Yeah, it's just for you to be in the know sooner. It means that you kind of want to be in the know sooner about what's going on in the Hyperion Adventures <laughs> podcast world. And we did get some responses to this week's main topic nice. that just straight from the newsletter, they were they fired him back pretty quickly after awesome. I sent the newsletter out, as a matter of fact. And uh, we'll be excited to get to those in just a moment. Uh, you can also be interactive with us in on social media. Uh, we have a lot of fun on social Definitely. media. And we would love to uh, be interactive with you there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Uh, we uh, do have a YouTube channel, <laughs> uh, by the way. You may be watching this on YouTube, but if not, if you want to find us on YouTube, just kind of do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe there to our channel. And then whenever we have a new video coming out, which will mostly be just these episodes in a video form, but there may be some other things that drop here and there, right. uh, that you can always follow us along in that way as well. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, whether it's to suggest a topic, uh, comment on anything we're doing, or just to say hi, whatever the case may be, you can always email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And another way that you can give us feedback is through a review, whether it's star rating or an actual uh, written review. We really appreciate that. It really helps get other people aware of our podcast and we truly appreciate those who have already sent, submitted great reviews. Yeah, there's so many people have since have said so many wonderful things about this show through reviews. It really helps others find shows mm-hmm. that, that may have a common interest that like Disney talk, whatever the case may be. Those reviews, those ratings help so much. But the best way to just tell other people that you like this podcast, that you think they might be interested in it, is just tell your friends about right. it. That's a good point. Yeah, so let's get to this week's episode. We have lots of stuff for you today, including a ton of details were released about what to expect for the Walt Disney World Resort's reopening. Uh, Speaking of parks reopening, 
We have our wonderful friend Rob LaBerry from the Jedi Temple Yay, Archives podcast. Yeah, he's going to be joining us. He just returned from a trip to Florida to the Orlando theme park area. Not the Walt Disney World Resort, unfortunately, because outside of Disney Springs, not open yet. However, he did visit Universal Orlando. He did visit uh, SeaWorld Orlando. He did get to visit Disney Springs, but he's going to tell us uh, a little bit about that trip and uh, maybe what you might expect if you have a trip coming up this summer uh, to the theme park area in Orlando. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, he's always great addition to our team here when we're doing a podcast and looking forward to hearing about his adventure. Right. It should be interesting. Rob always has a lot of good tidbits about anything True. he comes on the show and talks about. So looking forward to that. But uh, let's get to our main topic of the week. After all, it is Father's Day. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you come in, oh, son, I don't know when. We'll get together then. You know we'll have a good time then. Yes, we are going to be talking about Disney dads, yes, but also Disney father figures. We are going back to another of our five favorite lists today. It's going to be our five favorite Disney father figures. Right, because there's a lot of characters that come into play in the in the Disney universe of, of movies, and sometimes it's not exactly their father but they like you said they're a father figure they have that kind of a role or impact on one of the main characters right so this will be a list yes of regular traditional disney dads uh but it will also have maybe they're not the traditional fathers um but they are you know father figures right. they do play that role in other characters lives within these these movies these television shows whatever the case may be yeah how fun. Yes, it will be fun. Um, and I, I know why Michelle probably went to this way, but we'll, we'll see if the, the reason she went to this way will be on her list. Uh, but what we, you know, when we do these lists, we always start with Michelle. One, because she's awesome, wonderful, all things great. But she always has the most interesting list. So let's get right to it. Let's get to Michelle's number five Disney father figure. All right. So I actually... Before 9 a.m. today, <laughs> our time, I had five oh, on the list. No, I don't believe it. <laughs> I, that's impossible. And then it, it doesn't work for you. It, just as I was like reviewing my notes and everything, I thought I realized somebody else I had left off. <laughs> and this so is the honest shocking. to God truth. I added it this morning at Shocking. 9 a.m. So. Michelle has an extra note <laughs> on her five favorites. It I won't be I, just five. I thought I did so well. <laughs> and it's like, do I knock one of these off to put into honorable mentions? It's like, no, I already had some thoughts about this. It wouldn't be the Hyperion Adventures <laughs> podcast five favorite list if both of our lists only contained five oh actual gosh. numbers. So, so. Uh, let's hear your number five. Is there a 5A? Five five, whatever yes. it is, let's hear your yes. number five, Michelle. So I guess um, we'll start with my original five, which was five. I'll, I'll call five A because that should be a little bit above, right? So I'll say um, Bail Organa. Oh, yeah. Princess Leia's dad who right. um, uh, in the movie. Sort of was, adopted right, dad. Right, adopted yeah. dad. Right. So, um, you know, we like like you said, we know from the story that he did adopt Leia. He wasn't her original father. Uh, we don't know a lot about her childhood. I mean, 
that mainly she didn't really remember her mom much. Right. So you, I think it, there's a little bit in, the, in some of the novels that are out there. Right. But honestly, I haven't read those. Yeah, so, I haven't know, either. I, I, so. I do want to read them, but I have not yet. So Right. But, yeah. but the fact that she did, you know, we know that she was definitely close with her father, you know, had, you know, he was more the, that father figure to her, you know, and what we saw was the result of that, right? So she has um, grown into somebody, even at a very young age, was able to be a leader, you know, of a very, you know, universal cause. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you feel like he had to have done a lot to, you know, give her the confidence. I mean, she was fighting with the big boys there on the Death Star, you know, and she was able to really um, hold her own in spite of them maybe coming, you know, obviously coming across very intimidating. And so it really shows that he in, in part with her uh, a lot of strength, a lot of confidence, you know, and obviously, yeah, she's going to have some fears and things, but, you know, overall, she's able to hold her own. Yes, there's no question about that. I mean, I've said it for many years now that I find that sh that Leia Organa is the hero of Star Wars, right. you know, whether it be princess, general, you know, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. uh, she is the hero of Star Wars. And a lot of that has to come from her father, right, you know, exactly. not talking about Darth Vader, not right. talking about Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> right, here. Right. I'm actually talking about Bail Organa, right. who, you know, raised her to be the, the person that she is. I'm sure that a lot of that was already in her, but, uh, you know, he fostered it and made it into what she became. So exactly. I, it's a, I think it's a wonderful choice. So right. who's your 5B? So my 5B that got added was Timothy Q. Mouse from Dumbo. Wow. <laughs> I didn't really ever think of him as I know, a father right? figure, but right? I, okay, I guess so. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, you know, if as I started thinking about it, I mean, he was the one that inspired Dumbo to be more than he was, to have that confidence, you know, so first to try to be a star. And even though, you know, the whole clown thing wasn't Dumbo's thing, um, he still promoted him to not, you know, feel like he was such the outsider to, but to focus on what he could do and and how to to bring that out in the open um you know and to the point where when Dumbo thought okay I have the the magic feather and then that's gone he at that very important moment said no it wasn't the feather it's all you it was inside you all it's along. all inside you <laughs> so just go for it and you know obviously we saw Dumbo soar yeah. you know that's a good point you know and he also addressed the emotional side of Dumbo he was the one that got Dumbo to get to be with his mom yeah. you know so I just felt like you know, he really was, he was a mentor, but you know, the, the qualities that we see in a dad of somebody who can make you feel like you can do anything you want and give you that confidence and, you know, push you to do more. I thought he kind of fit that bill. Yeah. Really good point. I didn't really think about it, uh, but hey, I, I think you make some good points there <laughs> why he should be on your list. Well, thank you. Even if he is a 5B I know. the case may be, but uh, <laughs> I like that. Maybe if I had thought of him earlier on than this thing, he might have made it higher, but I thought, yeah. oh, all right, let me just 5B. So... Very nice. Thank you. What about your number five? Well, my number five, I actually also have a 5A and 5B. Oh, yes. Tradition. <laughs> it's a Hyperion Adventures podcast tradition. But my five, the reason I have a 5A and 5B, because I think they kind of tag team uh, to become a father for this character. Okay. So my 5A and 5B 
are Baloo and Bagheera from the Jungle Book, who play kind of different roles as Mowgli's father within this film, but do fill that role uh, very, um, very well and uh, kind of shape Mowgli's life. You know, Bagheera is more of the straightforward, Mm -hmm. you know, you you need to do things the right way. You need to stay in line. You need to keep moving we need to get to this goal you right. know we need to, there's whereas, purpose right mm-hmm. there's purpose behind bagheera whereas baloo is more of the he's the fun dad yeah. <laughs> you know he's like let's go have a good time let's dance right. it's the bare necessities whatever the case may be you sure. know uh but they both fulfill these roles in mowgli's life that i think are very important to you know nurturing who he would right. be as an as an adult you know man child right uh, right um, um you know, and I just, I just find that it's an interesting story. And as I was thinking about it, they weren't originally on my list, but I'm like, you know what? Um, they should be because I yes. really feel that they are important father figures that help raise Mowgli during this adventure uh, that we see right. within the Jungle Book. No, actually, as you're describing it, it is a great fit. Uh, I, I actually was thinking of the Jungle Book, and but I, I didn't think of putting the two of them together. And that's such a brilliant idea, because they do provide that balance that, you know, it's important to have purpose in life. But you also have to have that lighter mm-hmm. side, you have to have the area that just gives you that freedom to have fun. And, um, and interestingly, they both allowed the other one to do their role with right. Mowgli. So great choice. I mean, and they always kind of look to the other one like, really, you're going to be, you know, just let him do whatever you want. Or right. really, you're going to be that tight with him right. or whatever. But at the same time, it's checks and balances. Yes. They worked out. And I think they did a great job as playing uh, the role of father figures for oh, Mowgli's cool. life. So. You're kind of making me a little nervous there at the beginning when you're saying, you know, I knew they were going to be from the same movie. I thought it was like three men and a baby. <laughs> That. <laughs> uh, so that's my number five, 5A and 5B. Uh, let's get to Michelle's number four favorite Disney father figure. Okay, so kind of sticking with a Star Wars theme, <laughs> huh. even though that's not what I was going for, but it just came up is uh, Saw Gerrera. You know, um, he raised Jin Erso. Uh, he had to really do this while kind of really doing some other things that he was involved in with the rebellion. Really? He was involved in something else? <laughs> yes. And, you know, it's like, that's not like the ideal time to take on a young, you know, child and have to try to raise her. Um, but he did. And, you know, obviously we see at the beginning of the film that she's had some missteps in her life and everything. But, you know, as it as we see in the film, you know, we see, again, her strength, her leadership skills, you know. And again, she was against the odds. Nobody wanted to go to battle with her uh, in that room with all the leaders, but she was able to lead the real muscle power that she needed to accomplish her task. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just felt like he obviously was able to, to train her to be independent, you know, and even when life knocks you down, you're going to get back up. You don't have to be afraid. Just keep going. And then how to take that to be a leader as well. Yeah, uh, it's a good point. I really haven't, again, it's another one that I didn't really think about. But yeah. I mean, you think you look at Jen Urso's life and obviously her actual father, Galen Urso, does a right. great job uh, of raising her up until the certain point where right. he, he does get you know escorted right. away and cannot be with her anymore. And then yep. Saw Guerrero did have to step in in that foster father role. Mm-hmm. And raise her within this 
tumultuous this tumultuous time right. within the uh, the republic right. uh, or the empire at that point actually and uh you know i mean uh, it's, you know some of his some of the ways he reacted you know some of the things he did within the rebellion or as his faction of the rebellion right. itself you know you can question on you know whether right. they were right or wrong um but i think that he did do a very good job of, of at least you know giving Jin, the skills that she needed to survive in right. this world at that point during this crazy period within the Star Wars universe. Right, right. I mean, you you saw her when she was captured. She wasn't like, oh my God, what's going to happen to me? I mean, she was solid. She knew she was going to be able to survive that situation. Mm -hmm. And he also self-sacrificed. I mean, you see that when he he tells her how he hasn't forgotten her one day of his life. He you know, you could tell he definitely loved her, but saw that he needed to sacrifice that, that ability to stay together to keep her safe mm -hmm. because being with her was only putting her more, her life at risk, yeah. you know? So he also had that fatherly thing of, you need to, I need to get you to go out on your own, leave the nest and you can do it and I'm going to miss you, but that's right. what's important. That is a really good point. Uh, and uh, again, not a character I was necessarily expecting to be on our list, mm -hmm. but uh, I can see your points behind it. So oh, thank very you. Nice. Thank very you. Nice. So that's Michelle's uh, number four favorite Disney yes. father figure. And your number four? My number four. I'm switching over from the Star Wars universe <laughs> over to the Marvel Cinematic Ooh. Universe. Uh, my number four uh, Disney father figure is Tony Stark. Um, wow. I think made... One of the most interesting character, you know, arcs changes from where I mean, who would have imagined when you if you watch the original Iron Man film, mm -hmm. he where he's this playboy arms dealer, you know, right. that he is going to become one of the best fathers out there. True. Yet, uh, you see him go through all these changes throughout these series of films, and, and by the time we reach you know Endgame, mm -hmm. one yes, he has a child of his own, uh, Morgan Stark. Mm -hmm who loves him 3000, right. you know, is just adorable. And <laughs> yes. he doesn't, you know, it's like, that was where he was at that point. It's like, I'm just happy to have my wife, uh, Pepper right. Potts and my daughter. And I don't even want to approach, you know, doing more, right. but when, when the calling actually came and he decided he could, he did figure out time travel, you know, right. still that superseded even that being a father, right. you know, but the reason that that superseded it in part was because of the father figure that he became to Peter Parker. Right. As when you were mentioning, when you mentioned him, that I actually went to that relationship first. Yeah. So and so, I mind. mean, he, you know, when he makes the final decision, he's looking at this picture of him with, with Peter Parker, right. how he became uh, this foster father essentially for him as well. And that's what led him to make the decision that I have to go through with True. this. I, uh, you know, he stepped into that role. That's a, I mean, yes, you know, Morgan Stark, his mm -hmm. daughter, you know, was born to him. That was his daughter. But Peter was something he just kind of brought in first, you know, to kind of, you know, help him during uh, yeah, right. Civil War, Captain America Civil War, that film, you know, and they needed kind of an extra person in there. But the more they grew together, as you saw in Homecoming, right. uh, you know, you, you realize, no, that this is now become 
Peter's dad. That's true. I, That's I, a very I, good point. And I thought, you know, and who would have thought? Again, looking back at where he, he was in the original Iron Man, uh, for him to play that role and and, and be so good at it, mm-hmm. I just thought it was a giant character leap for That's Tony true. Stark. So that's why he is my number four. I like it, Disney. Yeah, wow, your list is pretty intense. I yeah, love it. Well, well, now it's going to go pretty straightforward <laughs> from here. Uh, we've pretty much pretty much all the curveballs have been taken out at this point. So, uh, so let's get to the more fun list again and get to Michelle's number three Disney father. <laughs> So my number three, gosh, I can't believe it. It's another Star Wars. It's amazing. (laughs) I know. You're wearing a Star Wars shirt. I know. Uh, I wore that for another reason, which, you know, more for our guests coming up. But um, actually, I I put number three is The Mandalorian for the child. You know, um, there's still a lot that we don't know about this character or how it's going to turn out with this relationship with the child, you know, but we do see that early on in this, um, yes, kind of like, uh, you know, Stark, there was a, a different reason for the connection between these two characters mm-hmm. and then it, it evolved and changed. So obviously when he first met the child, that was his bounty. He was, you know, not necessarily looking for, you know, to, play a, a role in this person's life or this this being's life but uh you know quickly he realized something needed to be done and that this this child needed a guardian needed a protector you know and he immediately stepped into that role and you know you could see throughout some of the series that you know he also had a father figure take over for him when his parents were killed. So he obviously sees the importance of what this, this has. And even though it wasn't necessarily a, I guess it was a choice, but it wasn't the initial choice. Um, but he, he takes it on and he takes it on with pride within his, you know, his belief system of the Mandalorians. And now he is carrying, you know, he is a tribe of two and, you know, it, it, he didn't, you know, bat an eye at well we don't know that do we? <laughs> yeah, hard to tell <laughs> oh edit that was so ridiculous no it's great <laughs> maybe he batted an eye uh, maybe, maybe he batted he two batted eyes but we'll never eye, know yes. if he did or not as far as we know he never batted an eye <laughs> but anyways you know he obviously saw uh, the the need for this um you know and and also you see on the other side of it the child realized he needed mando mm-hmm to be his guardian, his protector for whatever purpose he's going to end up being. Um, but I thought, you know, that definitely was that to me again, that fit the, all the check boxes for a father figure. I, I think that's a perfect choice actually. And I'm surprised it didn't make my list because I think that's an amazing choice and probably should have been on my list. And I'm surprised that I didn't think of it at yeah. all. I'm embarrassed actually <laughs> that I didn't think of it at all. Um, no. I think that's brilliant. Uh, yes. Uh, the Mandalorian uh, was an amazing father figure right. for the child, baby Yoda, whatever right, you want right. to call him. Yes. Uh, it was a, a spectacular, and that is, you know, a big part of uh, the series. Um, yeah. And I cannot wait until uh, season two comes out right. to see where that clan of two yes. uh, progresses into season two. Right. Because I, I, it's, a, it's just a fascinating story. So very nice choice, well, thank Michelle. you. Wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful. Again, I'm embarrassed. I've been picking No, no. You, your, your list already so far has been pretty impressive. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> get ready to be unimpressed. Because for me, 
here on out, it is straightforward Disney dads. I know right. not even just father figures. These are going to be straightforward Disney dads. All because right. I just felt they're all, the, the three that are left here are such good Disney fathers that they had to be on the top of my list. Yes, father figures, whatever the case may be, right. these are great Disney dads. And so that's where we're going to go from here. Okay. For me, boring. Michelle, no. awesome, interesting, <laughs> boring. Not at all. Uh, so uh, my number three is Faju from Mulan. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's such true. an amazing yeah. Disney father. I mean, I mean, despite Mulan's struggles finding mm-hmm. out who she is going to be, you know, uh, you know, she's been had the struggles or tough time with the matchmaker right. and everything. You know, <laughs> she's, you know, she can never figure out how to hold her tongue right. in a man's presence. Right. You know, but he always shows his love True. for her throughout it you know after her troubles with the matchmaker he says you know uh, quote i'll bet when it blooms it'll be the most beautiful of them all and quote talking about mulan herself uh and then you know when it's all said and done spoiler alert for mulan (laughs) uh when it's all said and done when she comes back and he you know she's awarded the sword from sean yu You know, from the emperor for saving his life or whatever. He comes back to present it to her father to, you know, save face and whatever and show what honor there is. He pushes it aside just to give her a hug. I know. Because he chills thinking of it, yeah. Uh, it's it's what you what you want your father to be. It's an amazing scene and he is just... Uh, an unbelievable father. Right. And that's why he had to be. And, you know, this just goes to show you who the next two of my fathers are, that he is only number three. Wow, on my yes. List because wow. he is, and he could be, I, this could be, you know, uh, 1A, 1, 1B, 1C, if right. I really wanted sure. to, because I think all three of these fathers are amazing. So okay. that's why I picked Faju as my number three. I love it. Disney father. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, especially when you say, you know, what he does is exactly what you'd want your father to do you know is to accept you no matter what is going on you know and put that expression of love over anything else even just you know yes I'm going to recognize your accomplishments but first I have to show you how much I love you. right exactly so yeah um, I thought very nice spectacular and it's just really the heart of that movie right and the whole reason she does goes and does this is to protect her father but all he cares about is is her right so you can tell he's planted those seeds of again strength and confidence no question yeah yeah. No question. Even though it's a world where women are not supposed to be have strength or have confidence, right. you know, and, and yet that's what exactly what she has. So yeah. that's my number three. Let's get to Michelle's number two favorite Disney father. Okay, figure. my number two. I've moved away from Star Wars now, and my number two father figure is Yondu. Ah, yeah. From Guardians of the Galaxies yes. and Guardians yes. of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mostly Volume 2, but a little right. bit in one, yeah, but mostly Volume 2. Right. I mean, what you get out of the first one is that he obviously was hired to take Peter Quill and deliver him to his actual father. And that he made the choice not to do that based on how he felt towards you know, Peter's father. And obviously we get more understanding of, you know, ego and his maniac ways. (laughs) And you then have a better appreciation for why he made that decision, you know, and uh, maybe not everybody would agree with the life skills that he might have taught (laughs) Peter Quill. Nonetheless, knowing that Peter was without a father, 
he gave him the best he could. Right. You know, uh, he he's made it through life this way, and he taught Peter all his skill sets. So well, in the world that they're surviving in as well. I right. Mean, everything that he that Peter Quill needs to survive in that world mm-hmm. in that exactly. universe and what they are trying to accomplish there. Right. You know. Uh, right. Definitely. You know, and obviously, again, you saw the sacrifice of where, you know, he was accused of being soft on Peter and not following all the codes, you know, and again, that self-sacrifice of here's some something that's important to me. I have to, you know, be shunned from because I have to do what I feel is right for this person. And to me, one of the most touching scenes in movie cinema (laughs) is when Yondu is having that conversation with Peter and, you know, I wanted to get the quotes right. So he says, uh, he may have been your father, boy. He wasn't your daddy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get choked up. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't do it right, but I'm damn proud of you, boy. Yeah. And so, you know, he and he's at that moment saving Star-Lord. Yeah. You know, he's sacrificing his own life. I mean, not just, yeah. you know, things that are important to him. He knows he's going to die now in order to save Peter. And I just thought, wow, that's all so impressive of somebody who wasn't your father to really have that, you know, grow into that relationship and take on that responsibility and really help Peter. And as we saw, you know, Peter did, obviously he was, you know, he had some influences by his mother, you know, even, you know, at a younger age, but the totality of him Mm -hmm. is one that he, you know, he might not do all the right things, but he might do them for the right reasons and, and for a good way. Right. No, I, I completely agree, and I think it's a great choice. Uh, as a matter of fact, it nearly made my list. It was in my honorable mentions, mm-hmm. but um, uh, for all the reasons you you've talked about there, that is why uh, Yondu is a wonderful choice as a father Thank figure. You. I mean, yes, he, you know, are things. Is it sort of, it's a ravager code, right. is it, you know, sort of a life of crime in many regards, right. you know, so is it raising it in kind of, but it, yeah. it was the tools that Peter Quill, that Yondu had, that Peter right. Quill needed to survive in that world, and in such an interesting movie about, the movie is all about family right. in different regards, mm-hmm. but also, you know, he, he, you know, Peter finds his actual father who ends up being this really bad guy right, right. When, when the father all along was there with you, you know, to begin with. And right. it just, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, necessarily who gives birth to you, you right. know, they may be your birth dad and right, technically right. they may be your father, but that doesn't mean that they are. Right. I mean, exactly. the person who raised you, the person that taught you, right. Mm-hmm. That is really who your father is. So great. great. Well, thank you. Thank great you. choice. You're number two. My number two, again, very straightforward. <laughs> uh, Mufasa from the Lion yeah. King is such an amazing father. Right. I mean, you know, he's the king of the pride lands, but he spends, you know, Simba's early years, you know, teaching him how to basically eventually right. at some point step into his role. Even so much so, you know, he loves his son, teaches him all these things. You see the lessons being played out. Right. He even sacrifices himself to save his son. Exactly. You know, and just such a heart wrenching moment. It would have been, you know, Simba's absolute certain death. Right. And instead, you know, Simba, you know, Probably would have escaped if Scar wasn't there. But at the same point, <laughs> right. he did sacrifice himself. He didn't know he was going to escape, but he did save his son. Uh, and, and through all that, even though uh, Mufasa dies early on in Simba's life, uh, you know he still learns all those lessons from him. Right. 
uh, you know, eventually remembers who he is, despite being away for all this time, comes back and regains his father's land, the pride land right. in his father's name and takes over that role. And all of that is from the lessons he learned very, very early on in his life with his time with Mufasa. That's great. And that's a great choice. And you're right. It's, it's awesome how the movie really shows you uh, through different scenarios how he is sharing those life lessons with with um, his son and that again what we talked about earlier on it's you know some of the serious things what are your responsibilities what does you know your life as be eventually becoming king of the pride land is but also then the fun side of right. life too and to realize you know there there are things that in life that you just have to enjoy and so it's great how that story gives you all of that. Yep, uh, completely agree. And I so agree with that choice. It's that is choice. why he is my number two favorite Disney father figure. But let's really get to this here. <laughs> let's get to Michelle's number one because it's bound to be interesting. And I have a feeling <laughs> it's the reason why we're doing father figures to begin with and not just plain old Disney dads. Michelle, let's get to your number one favorite Disney father figure. Well, I guess I have to say it did influence the decision, you know, or my suggestion of making this year's being more inclusive of father figures, and that is Barley Lightfoot. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. She loves Onward oh so my gosh. much. That, I love uh, that. As soon film. as you mentioned that, you had this idea of what this is going to be, I'm like, I know exactly why you're doing this. I figured you probably yeah. would. Yeah. Um, and I thought you were going to get Yondu. I was a little worried about that. Um, but, anyways, um, yeah. I, Again, you're absolutely right. I love that film uh, for so many reasons. But in regards to father figures, and this is all spoiler if you haven't seen Onward. If you haven't, go watch it. Yeah, it's on if, Disney Plus. Right. Um, check it out. It, it's 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 really good. It really is good. And again, this is spoiler. If you haven't seen it, it's it will um, you you will miss some of the great you know reveals in this. So if you haven't seen it, just fast forward a little yeah. bit. Um, but anyways, you know, it, it, it comes across at first as a, a relationship between two brothers. But as you see, as this movie progresses, not, not just two brothers, two brothers trying to reconnect with their father. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, you know, you, it, you see that relationship, but then as it, as it progresses and again, you have the reveal there where, you know, Ian realizes, wait a minute. I never knew my father. He was never around. He died before I was, you know, able to really have time with him. Um, but then all the things he's realizing, all the things he had put aside, you know, made his list of what he wanted to do with his father, that he had done them with his brother, his older brother, and realized, wait a minute, my older brother was such an immense father figure to me and he has made me what I am I mean when you think of the things like um even just with where the the stepping across the bridge you know the invisible bridge and how you know again how at the end he was like oh my gosh I how long was that rope not connected with me and it was kind of reminding me and I think that's why I thought of the Dumbo thing too it's like yeah, you didn't need the feather. It was <laughs> right. you. You had the power in you. You know, you thought this rope was going to be your saving grace, but you're the. It was, the, you, all it was you all along, yeah. and you know. So, and and then they, you know, show a few little flashbacks of things when they were really little. Right. But I just felt like 
Yes, he was the perfect father um, in in the key things that we talk about. You know, he's somebody who is promoting good. He's somebody who's promoting confidence, you know, and he is also letting his brother say, you got to have fun too. Right. You know, you got to be wild at times, you know, even push your creative side. And I just thought, wow, that is, you know, the most amazing relationship. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting once you get the reveal, once you've watched it the first time and you mm-hmm. go back and watch it in multiple viewings, right. uh, that you get a lot of the, you see the nuance yeah. of him <laughs> acting uh, very much like a father throughout right. the film that you'd maybe not pick up. Maybe you did. Maybe you right. picked it up right away the first time. I started to pick up a few things as the, as the story went along. But I mean, as you watch it again and you really know the story, you pick it all up and it's amazing to watch him act as very much a very supportive, loving, you know, he's his brother, uh, father figure. Right, right. You know, and I think that it shows to the relationship that Ian felt towards his brother is kind of like, you know, the corny dad, you know. Kind of embarrasses you. Yes, exactly, exactly. You know, and I I think I kind of also, from a personal perspective, relate to this. I was very close, or am very close with my oldest sister. And I have to say that I, I have to give you know, her a lot of props for giving me confidence to do things that, you know, I wouldn't have necessarily ventured into different things. And so, you know, I kind of get it. I kind of totally understand this relationship that you can have as a sibling, but as somebody that you're looking up to. I also want to talk about your brother-in-law. Yeah. Um, you know, Helen is her sister that she's speaking of. Right. Her brother-in-law, Tom. Yeah. Also, I think that because um, there is a, a, an age difference right. between you, um, he acted also as a True, father very, figure for very you many so. times, at, at very odd times. And I think that that also led to, he's a confident guy. He's right. a really nice guy, great guy, yes. smart guy. Um, and I think that that probably also helped you. Oh, definitely. Regards. Definitely did. Um, you know, he was, you know, he's one of the most... Uh, important people in my life yeah, for sure yeah. yeah and we love them both very yes, much very yes. much happy and father's happy day, father's day. Yes. yes yes so all right. All right. You're number My one. number one. Who else could it be? It's Goofy. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it will always be Goofy. Goofy will always True. be another one. Disney dad, father figure, whatever the case may be. I mean, you talk about Goofy in a Goofy movie. Right. It's just... He is every dad in the world. He you is. know, he's he is goofy. You know, yeah. he's a little embarrassing to Max. You know, he just wants the best for his son. Right. You know, he loves him to death. Just like many of us fathers, we still see our children maybe as a little bit younger than they really are. <laughs> right. You know, because uh, you want to remember all the good times that you had with them when they were growing up or whatever. But when it's all, and, and Max gives him some problems. And, right. and, and Goofy's not perfect. He doesn't, you know, just like. Like uh, most fathers, you make mistakes. You don't necessarily maybe teach them in the right way. But when it's all said right. and done, you get the right lessons across. Uh, Goofy sacrifices his trip to sneak Max into right. the Powerline <laughs> concert. You know, spoiler. It, it, it's it's such a brilliant movie, and it it, is. he is just such a wonderful dad. And plus, we just love Goofy. Who doesn't love Goofy? Right. You know, it's just it's so good, and he will always be my number one Disney dad. I, I this is you know as much as I said one A, one B, one right. C. Um, Goofy is the best. He's my favorite, and he is just so amazing as a Disney dad father figure. Right. Totally agree with you. He's got like the biggest heart and he wears his heart on his sleeve and he is 
a perfect number one for sure. Yeah. So, so those are our lists for our five favorite yes. Disney father figures. We also have some from some of our listeners out there who contacted us either through email from the mm-hmm. newsletter or on social media. Let's get to some of them. Michelle, who do you have that uh, kind of chimed in with us on some of their favorite Disney father figures. All right. And I really want to, again, shout out and thank everybody for for participating. This is very much. Always appreciated. Yeah, very much appreciated. So um, I'll start here with um, Tombstone Josh. Okay. Uh, He's he's at the Disnoid podcast uh, on Twitter. You can find him at Tombstone Josh. Um, He put Marlin. Great choice. From Finding Nemo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. King Triton. Okay. Definitely, yeah. Which is funny because when I made, uh, see, this all, when we first started the show, it was I think it was like our third episode. I just did a list of 10. We right. weren't doing our five favorite then. I just did a list of 10 uh, Disney fathers and I put King Triton on there and I got a little backlash. <laughs> I was like, how could you put King Triton on there? I think King Triton is actually a really good father. He just, he's overwhelmed by having so many daughters right. and, you know, and, <laughs> And, and, and I mean, honestly, he just was looking out for their safety. But you know, it's and you know, hey, Ariel's going a little off the rails here, right? You know, and stuff. So I mean, does he get a little over rambunctious with it? Absolutely. But I still think he's just trying to look out for what's best for his daughter. True. So. You know, and you know, and as it turns out, he does support her in yeah. her decision, mm-hmm. and even though he may not agree with it. You know, he's willing to help her. And he was also willing to sacrifice for her. Exactly, exactly. Good choice, good choice. And then uh, Mr. Incredible. Yes. Yeah. And that's Yeah, and that's one that's pretty interesting, too. I'm having trouble with my glasses here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look good. Well, thank you. Um, So, you know, that one is one that we've talked about has such a real transformation into becoming a great dad, too. You know, Uh, Mufasa, like you had mentioned, Mm -hmm. and Pacha. Oh, yeah, from uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Right, right. And then uh, he said he really had a hard time with ranking this one. He said, but I really like all these dads, and I can super relate to King Triton (laughs) since I have a ton of daughters and Uh, a fantastic beard. Hey, Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Tombstone Josh. Very nice list. Very Very cool. What about you? So I start off with a couple uh, listeners who actually are subscribers to the newsletter, and they hit us up pretty quickly, nice. actually, after I sent the newsletter out, cool, uh, cool. requesting uh, your lists out there. And uh, so I'll start with uh, Taylor Knight, who mm-hmm. uh, does chime in quite often right. on these. Uh, she hit us up through email, and she said, uh, favorite father, father figures in no particular order, Goofy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. Faju from Mulan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Pacha from the Emperor's New right. Groove. Uh, Tadashi from Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah, I think is a really, yeah. I never really thought about right. it, but I think is a fantastic That is choice. a great one. Does a great job with Hero right. in Big Hero 6. Uh, Dr. Porter, who is uh, from Tarzan, is oh, James' father. Right. I, I think is an adorable yes. father figure. I never really <laughs> think about it, but I think that's great. That so. is a good and uh, she also says, looking forward to hearing all the answers. So uh, moving on from another one that we got from email, Doug Stevenson, another one who chimes in quite mm-hmm. regularly on our topics, said, no particular order. I love them all, 3,000. Uh, Scrooge McDuck from DuckTales. Oh, yeah. yeah, I definitely yeah. B- believe that's true, especially in the new DuckTales. I think he really plays a great right. role as a father figure in the new DuckTales. Uh, Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World <laughs> slash Girl Meets World, who's a, a teacher, right. who definitely steps in and 
that role in a, in a, a large part. Very nice. Uh, Goofy from Goof Troop right. and Goofy Movie. Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was on my list for oh, a little wow. while, but got pushed off by uh, Baloo and Bagheera right. at the end, um, I think is a great father figure, not only for Luke Skywalker, yes, right. but also for Anakin Skywalker, although he... He had a little more trouble with Anakin, <laughs> but he was kind of fighting an uphill battle True. with that, you know, when right. Palpatine is kind of hammering them all the right, time or right. whatever. But I think he did he did a great job, especially with Luke as a right. father. And, and again, vision. he wasn't, he didn't cho- choose that right. role. Right. You it know, but he took it on. Him. Right. Yeah. Or not forced upon him. But right. yes, he had to take it on. Yes. Uh, Tony Stark from the MCU. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that this one took him a while. So it was tough making those choices. Right. So thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. So yeah. I think you got a couple more of them. I do. The I do. Uh, so John Cotton, who you can mm-hmm. find on Instagram at Vinyl and Disney. Mm-hmm. And he and his wife have been on our, our podcast yes. a couple Very times happy now. Happy Father's Day, John. Yes. yes. Happy Father's Day. And oh, oh, to Josh, too. Sorry yeah, about that. And, and <laughs> Doug, right. know, Father's Day to all. Happy, just, just a blanket. Happy Father's right. Day to yeah. all these Disney dads out there. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so he said, uh, um, I let's see. I stuck just to animated films to narrow it down. Okay, okay. Makes yeah, it easier. Right. yeah. Yep. Get yep. It. Uh, so number five, he put was Rapunzel's dad entangled. He said we didn't see much in the movie. Uh, there's more in the show, but when he tears up at the lantern set ceremony it always gets me yeah 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 he says i just feel like he's a great dad (laughs) i think so too i I mean i i I, we didn't watch the series take the series right but um i in the the movie itself he's just he's just so hurt from his daughter being gone and you know so excited when she returns and every spoiler alert yeah (laughs) uh, when she returns and everything I, i it's just amazing right uh, Doc Hudson in Cars. Yes, yeah, definitely. Says, yeah, as number four, he says, more than a coach, he was an incredible mentor. Yeah, Couldn't boy, have, someone who needed one was Lightning McQueen. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was the only one that could get to him, too. I mean, everybody else, Lightning would just blow off, and you know? Interesting. In Cars 3, Lightning McQueen, spoiler alert, right. takes on that very similar right. role to Cruz Ramirez, yes. you know, as the, very much like Doc Hudson, that mentor, that father. Right, figure, right. Regards, yeah. Uh, number three, Tiana's dad. Great example to James. his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, great uh, choice. But more importantly, he adored her. Yeah. So. Um, unfortunately, in that film, far too right. f- for small a time. But he was on my top ten list originally because yeah, I, I think he's a fantastic right. father. Yeah, so yeah he yes, definitely, definitely made my uh, honorable mention. Yeah. Um, in number two, Carl in Up. Yeah, of course. Carl yeah. Fredrickson. Yeah, right? for Russell. Yeah. yeah, he was also on my honorable mentions. He said, I consider him a dad at the beginning uh, when they lose their pregnancy oh. and he grows into a great father figure for Russell. Yeah, so. definitely. Totally, uh, totally. So good. Totally. And oh, on our tradition, he has a 1A and 1B. <laughs> yes. yes, John. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so he said uh, 1A is Mufasa, full uh, of wisdom, mm-hmm. but also tender with his son. Of course. Love how he described that. Yeah. That's also awesome. Yeah, very nice. Uh, and Goofy, awesome single <laughs> dad who also acts silly and embarrasses son like all good dads <laughs> all do. All good dads should. <laughs> so, not even just do, should. Right. You should exactly. embarrass your children at some point, for e- sure. Exactly. And then also uh, from Frank Cardillo, who's on Dillo's Diz yeah. uh, with um, Theme Park Thursday. That's right. Yes. Uh, 
uh, on Instagram, he's at Improving Frank. Or Improving Frank, whichever you want to call it. <laughs> no, it is. It, you're right. It is oh, Improving Frank. I thought I was going to say you look improving. at it, it does say Improving Frank, know, which I is was, always hilarious. I was going to say Improving because I thought that's what it said, but I thought, no, I know. I'm, I know. I associate Yeah, him he's with, part of the Improvisers, oh. or he has the Improvisers right. Guide yeah, Network, yeah. so it's Improving <laughs> Frank. But when you look at it first, oh it looks God. like Improving Frank, and it's actually a running joke, and it's funny. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. God, I'm so embarrassed. No, okay. you shouldn't be because it's it's hilarious. Yeah, you actually got it right. I, I thought oh, sure okay. you were going to get it the other way. So it's, it's actually it's even more funny because of that. Right. And so he, he put in there, crazy old Maurice. He's always good for a laugh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is crazy true. Crazy old Maurice. <laughs> Crazy old movies. And you have some? Yeah, I finally have one more, and that's from uh, Justin Monorail from the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. You can find on Twitter at The Crutes and also, of course, at Morning Monorail. He has number five, Pongo from 101 Dalmatians. I mean, that he, you know, had children of his own, but he also took on like several dozen more children, <laughs> 99 children in total to make 101 Dalmatians with his wife, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, Carl Fredrickson as a father mm-hmm. figure for Russell from Up. Uh, Marlon from Finding right. Nemo, great father. Uh, Mufasa from The Lion King. And we're in sync here. Number one is Goofy because, <laughs> right. because I can totally relate to being a Goofy dad. <laughs> Thank you, Justin Bonnerell. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any more um, uh, honorable mentions by any chance? Well, I I do. I ha- Well, I mean, I think they were named already. So it was Carl from uh-huh. Up. And let me just see. Sorry. Wrong file here. Okay. <laughs> well, while you're finding that, I'll yes. just get to mine real quickly. I just have two uh, for you. Uh, Geppetto from Pinocchio, oh, yeah. I think, is an amazing father father figure mm-hmm. I, I think you know the things he does for Pinocchio all he wants is to have a son have this right boy uh, it's a wooden boy to begin with and spoiler alert eventually <laughs> becomes a real boy it's you know, amazing <laughs> and secondly uh Hector from uh Coco oh um, yeah you know who's right. not really his father well he's father to Coco um but you know becomes kind of this father figure for uh Miguel right you know in many regards he has his papa you know, and I, I just think it's, you know, he's, um, you know, even though, yes, he left the family at one point to uh, go, you know, do this music mm-hmm. or whatever. He was all ready to come back to the family and everything. Right. And then circumstances has as circumstances happened and he could not make it back. But, you know, he tries. That's all his goal is, is to get back, be remembered, see his Coco again, right. you know. And I think he's, I, I, I love Hector. Right. Hector is no, I, yeah, he has an amazing character, no. too. Um, and I found it. So I, other than the ones I've already mentioned, I had one more, which is Lawrence Fletcher from Phineas yeah. and Ferb. <laughs> I was actually surprised that he made it from Phineas and Ferb. I know. Point, no, yeah. he made it in my honorable mentions, nice. though. Um, you know, He's a great goofy dad. <laughs> he is. Who actually is one, he's the one parent who actually sees a lot of the things that Phineas and Ferb right. do, but it's just kind of like, ah, let them do well, it. <laughs> go ahead, whatever. No, it's not hurting anybody. So, so great but I love some of the creative concepts that we had. I, at least I hadn't thought of that. Some of our, mm-hmm. our, our listeners, listeners always have, great you know, lists. I know, yeah. I know, man. So good, good job. job so those are our five favorite and our listeners five yes. favorite Disney father figures we'd love to know yours please uh, send them to us if you, if you send them to us later we will um, add them to an upcoming episode for exactly sure. so, uh, but that's it our five favorite Disney father figures Yay. happy father's day happy everybody. father's day little more blue in the mail
fun talking about our five favorite uh, Disney father figures. Interesting list. It's a great topic, I think. Speaking of a favorite Disney father figure, we have one of our great friends joining us who just came back from a very interesting trip to Orlando, Florida. Unfortunately, it wasn't to the Walt Disney World (laughs) Resort yet, but it was to the Universal Orlando Resort. And we're going to explore with what it's like now in this reopening theme park period with him. We're so happy to have on once again with us our wonderful, amazing friend, Rob LaBerry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Rob, welcome back to the Hyperion Adventures (laughs) podcast. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I've got my trusty... <laughs> Flo Koon, uh, nice. Uh, COVID it was made by uh, Pat from the Conversations podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I was definitely safe uh, from any, <laughs> any chance of picking up COVID uh, through any of my facial facial orifices, I guess. So, nice. Yeah, uh, nice. Trip. I, despite all of the craziness going on in this world, uh, we certainly wouldn't have would have rather gone on this trip than than not have gone at all. Oh, yeah, that's good to hear. So glad you were able to. I know because it was up in the air for quite a while and would this trip even happen? Uh, but so glad right. it worked out, even though it wasn't uh, the Walt Disney World trip you had originally planned, that it was right. a, a, an exciting trip. You did get to get some park time and you did get to meet up with Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast. You were yeah. great guys. And um, yeah. yeah, it seems like you guys had fun. We saw some great pictures on, yeah, uh, on I know. social media. So jealous, so yeah. jealous. So <laughs> So why don't you tell us a little bit about your trip experience? We'll, we'll start with just the travel to and from Orlando, because I know that a lot of people have been traveling recently. Right. Was your experience, you know, with with the planes for for that matter? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, we we ended up flying pretty close to the original times that we booked. We had gotten some notifications of uh, time changes uh, as they were kind of shuffling around the number and the frequency of flights that they were uh, sending out. So. Uh, we flew Delta, um, which is pretty typical for us out of Detroit uh, into Florida. And, uh, you know, overall, it was a pretty good experience. Um, I will say that, you know, they were very good about making sure that folks were wearing their masks on the flight mm-hmm. um, in the in the waiting area port, maybe a little bit less so. Uh, but people were still staying pretty spaced out. Um, and mm-hmm. certainly there were less people on the flight. Um, they were leaving the middle seat in each row uh, yeah. both ways. We had, you know, three seats on each side of the aisle. So the middle seat was left open unless you, you know, like in our case, it was myself, uh, Kim and Briggs. So he was the middle seater for us. But, um, you know, it was, it was funny. I was telling Tom a little bit before we came on that the, uh, the irony of it is they're telling you, you know, maintain the social distancing. And yet once you get seated, you're really, there were no open rows. Oh, wow. Um, so you still had people sitting directly in front of or directly behind you. Uh, But they were handing out, you know, sanitizing wraps or or wipes to, uh, to wipe down all of the surfaces in your seat. Um, And overall, I mean, uh, I know that they've upgraded the air filtration systems as well. Um, So I I didn't really feel like uh, there was any great risk of contracting anything uh, on the flight. Certainly. 
that's good that's, to hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Definitely. that's really. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people are concerned about flying again, but it's great to hear that the airlines are kind of approaching it in a good right. way and and working at better sanitization and you know handing out those wipes. I know we always wipe down all everything when we get right. on board. We've been doing that for years before this all happened, but it's great to see that other people are approaching it that yeah. way too, Michelle. Did you see differences in the two different airports that you flew into and out of? Um, not really. I would say both in Detroit as well as uh, Orlando International, mm-hmm. and we always do a direct flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was we flew out. Uh, we had an eight thirty flight from Detroit down to Orlando, and the airport was so empty. Um, wow. so that was that was pretty unique. I've I've flown a couple times in my life where the airport was pretty light, almost always on a holiday day. Right. Um, but this was a whole nother level. Um. And then coming back, we had uh, about a 12.30 flight back into Detroit, got into Detroit at 3 o'clock. And it was a little bit busier um, coming back, but mm-hmm. uh, still you know, far below what you would expect to see right. typically, well. uh, especially for summer travel season. Sure. Right. Makes sense. Right. Makes sense. So you get down there to Orlando and, you know, you, you go and you, you check into your resort. You stayed for, I believe it was 10 days up down there right. and uh, you had two different resort stays. So tell us a little bit yep. about uh, how the resorts were handling all of this and what your stays were like at both the, res- uh, the resorts you stayed at. Right. So the first five nights that we were there, we were at the uh, Margaritaville Resort in Orlando. And it's really interesting. That resort, um, I thought they handled things very well. It was super sparsely populated. That resort is a little bit unique in the sense that they have the main hotel buildings and and they have quite a few rooms in the main Mm -hmm. hotel. Uh, They've got this really large lagoon pool, which is gorgeous. And then they have what they call cottages, which are essentially their version of villas. They're all kind of, you know, bright Caribbean right. type colors, lots of, um, you know, corals and, and that type of thing. But, right. uh, so you had a decent amount of people spread out amongst a lot of space. Um, the only time we really saw any real compression of people was around the pool and mainly it was on the weekend. Uh, I had actually gone off to hang out with Charles and Pat at Disney Springs and, right. and kind of in the greater Orlando area, uh, and Kim, my wife, and and my son Briggs stayed back at the resort. And that day, the pool was just packed, like wow. a ton of locals. I would assume um, we're staying there just for the weekend, you know, drinking, party, and trays right. of drinks in the pool. And um, that day, it sounded like probably was the one that was the riskiest in terms of social distancing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know any chance of transmitting the COVID uh, just because of the number of people and. Sure. Um, the the tight quarters everyone was in but for most of that stay um it was really you know we were never in an elevator with anyone they were asking people to take elevators separately anyway right. uh, but we never even had an elevator door open and had someone get out wow i mean the elevators and i would say that of really the entire trip i can't think of a single time an elevator door opened and anyone got off the elevator before we got in so um it definitely is a lighter period for travel Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it's you know when i and this really should be a disclaimer for me i mean we uh didn't feel like any of us were in a high risk category um for either contracting or having any complications from covid Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm certainly not trying to say that people should travel if they if they're uncomfortable with it um we had just you know kind of waited everything um and cited on the side of our sanity uh and getting out of here for sure. our summer trips so, <laughs> Makes uh, sense. And, and, all that and beautiful honest- weather you get in michigan i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> well actually you know again this time this time around we actually had good weather leading in um although the pollen levels were a little bit high but you know just to get 
down there and, and engage in some of our normal summer activities. I, right. you know, the, the water parks at Disney and, and Disney parks altogether weren't open as we originally planned, but we pivoted, we made the best of it. Um, but it was really kind of cool doing the two different resorts. Um, Margaritaville, I would definitely recommend for anyone. It came out to about $200 a night. Uh, but it is definitely a step above what you would get at a Disney moderate. Um, the resort itself is gorgeous. Uh, oh. the main restaurant there was not open during our stay. Uh, they had just opened for breakfast kind of the second half and we did mm -hmm. not take advantage of that, but the pool bar, the food was delicious. It's oh, wow. called the salty rim. Um, you know, in keeping with the whole margarita right, theme, right. the staff were wonderful. You know, they had the plexiglass dividers as you checked in. Right. Um, they have uh, their room keys are kind of on like a little flexible wristband. Um, so that was kind of nice uh, because you could use that to charge to your room. It was like their riff on a magic band without right, the technology. Sure, sure. It's just a, a typical RFID card. But, um, you know, overall, the rooms were gorgeous. Uh, you know, nice rainfall shower heads in the shower. Nice. And, uh, we just had a wonderful time. It was so relaxing there. Uh, and then the second half, we stayed at a, at a, a set of villas called Florida's. Um, those were a little bit more dated, but I think we paid all told it was like 171 a night, and we got a two bedroom condo. Wow, wonderful! Uh, Wash dryer, full dining room table, full kitchen. Wow, cool. Um, and, and it was like I said, it was a little bit dated. Um, very sparsely populated again until the very day before we left. Um. For Friday night when I went to bed, the parking lot was maybe half full. And when I woke up the next day, it was probably three quarters full. Um, so a lot of people came in, I think, for the weekend. But, uh, you know, certainly no complaints about that. That one was located about three miles from Disney Springs and then about maybe six miles from Universal Orlando, which is where we were spending a lot of time on our trip, and just directly south of SeaWorld where we actually went for a day. So um, in terms of, like, if you're going down there and you want to do a number of parks or you want to kind of branch out beyond just Disney and you're looking for a place where you can get a lot of space for relatively inexpensive expensive amount of money right. um that one was a was a great choice as well oh, excellent excellent. Yeah. excellent yeah you know i it seems like your timing was you were arriving about the time things were just starting to reopen did you see a, a big influx right away of more people coming in as time went by or do you think it's kind of it's it's just going to stay at a lower pace for right now i, I think that um the way that it looked like it was panning out to me because I had seen some videos, uh, universal, I think did some soft openings from, uh, June 1st through the 4th. And then they reopened to the public on the 5th. And once we realized Disney wasn't going to be open, that universal was, right. um, we were getting more annual pass holders at Walt Disney world. We were getting approximately $900 back, um, because we weren't going to be able to use the remainder sure. of our annual pass. And for that amount of money, we could basically get season tickets or season passes for Universal. Uh, so, and and they not only were doing 12 months, they were giving you a, a bonus three months. Wow. And then after we bought them, I got an email that they were tacking on another three months. Wow, so, nice. Um, yeah, deal. we bought one preferred yeah. pass and uh, and two season passes that didn't have any blackouts. Um and upgraded them from two parks to three parks so that we could try uh, Volcano Bay because we wanted to kind of right. get the full experience. And I think all told it was maybe twelve or $1,300 for those annual passes with access to everything for a year and a half wow. uh, for a family of three, which was a bargain. And yeah. then when we 
when we actually went to Universal, um, you know, certainly it's summer, it's hot, it was right. 90 plus degrees. And having to wear the masks in the park, um, you were certainly hot, but right. you'd have been hot anyway. Sure. Uh, and there were plenty of places where you could get out. If you were eating or drinking, you could remove the mask right. to eat or drink. Um, so there were places to get respite. They had rest zones in the parks. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, overall, the crowd levels were super low. Nice. Uh, Universal, all of the Harry Potter rides, even if you went mid-afternoon, uh, were essentially walk-ons. Wow. Uh, the Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure, which was eight to ten hour wait when that first opened, right. uh, they were doing virtual line for that and a number of other things. I was able, we got there, I think our flight came in at 11 on a Wednesday. We got to the park at noon to get our annual passes at noon. Uh, I think an hour and a half after that, about 1.30, we stopped to get lunch and I was able to get uh, virtual line passes for three o'clock for, wow. for hack. Um, so in terms of being able to experience those parks with very light crowds, right. it was incredible. Uh, nice. and, and we'll get into it a little bit, uh, especially with volcano Bay, because that, that park was the highlight of the trip. But, um, again, no weights for anything uh, or minimal weights. And right. I think the difference between when we went and the original opening, I was hearing a lot of things that people were saying they were understaffed or mm -hmm. uh, the parks were running at partial capacity. By the time we got there, pretty much everything was open and they were fully staffed. So we didn't have any restrictions in terms of not having the option to do things. Right. Uh, but we, we absolutely didn't have to wait for hardly anything. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, how how was it like uh, as far as were they doing as far as uh, social distancing and uh, sanitation stations and, you know, hand washing stations and such? How were those set up while you were at the parks? I would say um, for Universal, I definitely give them high marks for uh, for both the the face the face coverings mm -hmm. that they were telling people if they were pulling them down you know, below their nose or not using right. them properly. Uh, they would have people, cast members or, uh, you know, staff, staff that would tell you, you know, you need to make sure you get, get that pulled up. Right. Um, there were hand sanitization, hand sanitization stations everywhere. Um, so that, that was never an issue the whole trip on most of the, on really all the attractions, uh, you would wait in the queue. And then right before you get on the ride, they would give you hand sanitizer. Someone would hand you, your ride goggles, if it required that or uh, right. whatever was required for the ride, right. you'd get off the ride. You'd be able to hand sanitize after the ride. Plus, they were wiping down all the attraction vehicles. And, right. um, you know, so it, the sanitization was never an issue. I, I never really felt uncomfortable. Um, I know there were people walking around the parks that would take their masks off or pull their masks down. Um, but again, I was most of the time when I would see that they were far enough away that it wasn't an issue. Right. Uh, and really in terms of social distancing, I think the really the only complaint was that even if you were trying to social distance, there were a lot of people who just kind of didn't care and would just walk through your space. Yeah. Um, but again, most people had masks on. And I, again, I, I never really felt like there was that much danger because there wasn't a lot of people sneezing or, you know, talking mm -hmm. when they were walking by, it would, it would have just been kind of a quick passing. So, right. Yeah. Cool. 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 Uh, so you wanted to mention uh, Volcano Bay. You said that it was the highlight of your trip. Uh, wow. Tell us a little bit about why that was your highlight of your trip. 
Yeah, we, I mean, we, we got a decent amount of pool time at Margaritaville. Again, like I said, it was a gorgeous pool and they have a water park there called Island H2O Live mm-hmm. that was doing annual passes for like 59 bucks a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did go there for a day. We did a cabana. It was nice, but it was kind of your bare bones, non-themed. It was not certainly at the level of theming of a Disney or Universal, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, Kim, my wife, when we initially got the annual passes for, uh, Universal, she, she was like, I don't think we want to do Volcano Bay. We're going to kind of be water parked out, swum out by the time we get there. Well, as it played out, um, when we got to Universal, I was unable to ride a number of rides just due to my size. Uh, in some cases due to height, in some cases I need to lose a couple pounds, but, uh, you know, I was a little bit frustrated by not being able to ride as much as I wanted sure. to. And so we decided to do Volcano Bay. We actually got a cabana, um, for the first day we went there, which was a wonderful experience. Um, but it is so beautifully themed. Um, most of the time you're there, you're not wearing your mask cause you're in the water around the attraction. So it was a nice break from that. They were sanitizing to the hilt. Um, and again, their attractions, if you were to take as a person who loves Disney and who primarily goes to Disney, right. if you were to take all the best aspects of Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard beach and put them into a water park where everything is much more compact in terms of walking around. Uh, that was kind of what I felt volcano Bay was. The theming was top notch. The rides were thrilling. They were all open, minimal weights. Um, and just, it was a super relaxing and fun day. Uh, limited hours again. uh, I think they were open 10 to five, both days that, that we went. Um, but it was just, it was some of the best, most relaxing time we had on the entire trip. Wow. Sounds Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, finally, so you, you did get to get, uh, venture out to Disney Springs a few times since, you know, this mm-hmm. is a Disney podcast. Right. We do need to have a little Disney in this. <laughs> uh, so right, tell, right. have a little bit of your experience uh, going to Disney Springs. Uh, how are things there? Uh, they're gradually opening up more restaurants, more shops. Uh, what was it like going to Disney Springs? Yeah, uh, Disney Springs, we, we had a really good time. Um, we didn't have any issues with getting into most of the shops. Certainly all the third vent, the third party vendor, um, mm-hmm. type shops were all open. World right. of Disney was open. Uh, they were doing all the usual screenings, the health screenings to get in, requiring mm-hmm. you to wear the masks, hand sanitizer everywhere. Um, I was a little bit surprised. I, I had heard that restaurants like Art Smith's uh, Homecoming was going to mm-hmm. be open. When we were there, it was not. Oh. Um, so I'm not sure if they were doing limited hours or something happened staffing-wise. Right. I'm not quite sure what was going on. Um, I was kind of distanced from a lot of the news while we were there, so I'm sure. not quite sure what was going on. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, we ate at the Boathouse. We ate at Morimoto Asia. Um, I went back nice. to the Boathouse with Pat and Charles when we hung out, uh, and we ate at Frontera Cucina as well that nice. evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, the service was wonderful. Um, it was a great great place to get a break from wearing your mask while you were in eating and drinking. Right. And, um you know, despite the fact that there were certain establishments we would have loved to go to Jock, you know, have gone to Jock Lindsay's hangar bar, right. uh, that was not open, but, uh, you know, they had the Dole Whip stand. So we were able to get a little bit of our Disney, nice. Disney cool. there at <laughs> Disney Springs, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was nice to have a little bit of, of a component of Disney in our vacation. Cause really that's usually what our summer trips are all about. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. Uh, going back to Universal, where you're saying there was some issues with some of the rides, are these more the newer rides or the high tech rides? Is, are you seeing something like a theme in that regards? Yeah, uh, the the ones that were the most 
frustrating for me were the ones uh, they basically had a restraint system that would come down on top of your thighs um, and your feet had to be planted in a very specific position and they kind of wrapped around your calves as well so your legs had to be straight up and down and so really it was a situation where from the base of my foot to the top of my thigh was too tall Uh, which doesn't have anything to do with weight or any of that it's just literally if that portion of your leg is too long the restraint won't come down or it won't click. So it was uh, Forbidden Journey with Harry Potter. It was Hagrid's Magical Motorbike Adventure, uh, Adventure, which was not quite so magical for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kim yeah. and Briggs said it was the best ride in all of Orlando. But oh, uh, wow. <laughs> uh, And then I had the same problem on the mummy that was using the same type of restraint system. So, again, you know, if it's a situation where, uh, you know, due to body type or whatever, you can't right. fit on the ride, but there's something you can do if you can, you know, lose some weight before the next trip or whatever uh, and kind of change that, then that's great. But when it's something that's yes. restrictive, that's just, you know, based on the length of your leg for that right. portion of your leg, uh, it's, that was a little bit frustrating cause it's sure. like, you know, short of buying a bone saw, I'm not going to be able to fix this problem. <laughs> right. So, right? That's oh a shame. That's, that's actually surprising. I mean, yes. it's not like, I mean, you're a tall guy, you're a big guy, right. but you're not like you're seven feet tall. Right. You know, that's, it's a yeah. little bit surprising that right. uh, it's, it's it, your, your height that it's, yeah. it's, it's tough to fit in there. Right. Yeah, and what was really interesting is we went to, uh, SeaWorld for a day and, my short and uh, and concise review of SeaWorld is they were doing half price tickets, so I, I have oh, to okay. give that up front. So it was fifty three instead of one hundred seven, but they had virtually maybe thirty forty percent of their attractions were open. Wow. Uh, hardly any of their dining establishments, oh, wow. um, oh, and they were doing anything to enforce the mask wearing, so people really? were just walking around wow. with them. So that was the park that, you know, we're in no hurry to go back to. But sure. Mako, they have the three roller coasters, and Mako was the most restrictive in terms of body shape. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was the restraint system that I'm like, this is probably the coaster I won't be able to ride. And I was able to ride it. Huh. Oh, wow. So, you know, the most restrictive restraint system at SeaWorld right. was still less restrictive than so many of the uh, the, the things at Universal. But wow. again, I pivoted. We did a lot of fun stuff at Universal sure. uh, that, I, you know, that I was able to go on. And uh, Volcano Bay was my saving grace because I could go on basically everything there. So nice, nice. nice. With a couple, a couple right. exceptions, but yeah. yeah. Were there some favorite food spots there that you uh, found interesting or better than you had expected? At Volcano Bay specifically or Universal? Just at Universal. Yeah, we only ate a few places. We did go to uh, Three Broomsticks, which was Mm -hmm. a pretty good meal. Um, I would say probably for theme park food, it was above average. Um, Not to the level of a Satouli Canteen or a Ronto Roasters or anything like that. But, um, you know, the the food was really good. we had some of the annual pass holder discounts. They were doing a special for annual pass holders where you could get a Coke freestyle mug with free refills with any entree. Sweet. Um, so that was nice. Right. Uh, but uh, Kim and I also ate at Mel's Diner. Um, they're in Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that was pretty, pretty much what I would consider typical theme park food, right. nothing special. Uh, Volcano Bay, though, I would definitely say that that food is is a notch up. And I would say it's fair uh, fair to say that most of the time water parks are the worst theme right. park food you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this was better than normal theme park food. Wow. So um, awesome. the only downside at Volcano Bay was that the the beverages, you know, we had to try out some of the adult beverages right. uh, for the sake of, <laughs> you? of making 
shocking. Well, you know, if if, <laughs> Somebody has if to. sanitizing if sanitizing is requiring you know seventy percent alcohol, uh, you know, <laughs> so we figured we'd sanitize our insides as right? well, right? Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and we all Joe, know the. the we all know oh, you're doing it for the children because they <laughs> the can't. Yeah. Right. So you have to in do the, it for the children. In the of science, I'm <laughs> reporting all this back to the CDC. So, right. Uh, yeah. H2O, one of the pluses for them was that they had uh, drinks that were were pretty st- uh, pretty strong drinks. Uh, but Volcano Bay was was much more on the fruity side, and, oh, and yes. you really couldn't tell there was much alcohol in there. Right. Um, so there was that, uh, but we we enjoyed all the food that we had at uh, at Volcano Bay, and I would also say that their merchandise there um, is very reasonably priced, and and they had a lot of really good quality items as well. So that cool. was kind of uh, nice to see in a theme park as well. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Do they did they uh, for for the physical distancing in the restaurants? Did they like just leave tables that weren't able to be used, or did they take things out? Could you tell? Yeah, uh, they didn't take anything out. It mm-hmm. was more just spacing people out when they sat them, mm-hmm. um, both in the theme parks as well as in a lot of the the eateries that we went to um, in the Orlando area. You know, it was interesting. I'm so used to being inside the Disney bubble where I never right. venture much outside That's that. Right. And and so this was kind of an interesting way to do Orlando for us. Um but, you know, there were a lot of places that were still doing takeout only. There were a lot of places that uh, were definitely making room in the dining room, you know, by spacing people out. Um, but uh, overall, I, I don't think we had really any issues. And again, the the crowd levels were so low, I don't think they were having any issue with it either. Sure, makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, final takeaway, what, what what would you say was the, the last thing you remember or the best thing? Um, obviously, Volcano was, Bay was great, mm-hmm. but what would you say overall was your final takeaway from the trip? It was super relaxing. It was, you know, with the Disney vacation, we get down there and we tend to go, 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 go. Right. And, uh, you know, a 10 day vacation, we'd come back and, and be probably in need of a, at least a seven day vacation. <laughs> right. to cover. Uh, for this one, we kind of balanced it out more. We had space, we had, you know, nice resorts to stay at. So we did a lot more resort pool time. We did, you know, uh, kind of balanced out our, our theme park days we were able to get so much done and so much less time in the theme parks that we really felt that we had a lot of downtime. Uh, and it was, you know, it was nice to have that counterpoint. I'm still looking very forward to getting back to Walt Disney world. Um, I know that, uh, we've got a a trip with you guys in Mm -hmm. February that I'm super excited about. Um, hopefully a Disney cruise in June. We'll wait and see how that all pans out. And, uh, um, you know, we've already got our reservations for next June um, back over by Disney World um, for the resort that we had booked this year that uh, just ended up giving us a credit. So right. we're kind of uh, planning into the future, looking forward to the 50th cool. um, celebration kicking off next year. Yeah. Very cool. We're looking exciting. forward to February mm-hmm. so much, and especially just to hang out with you right. guys again because it's been way too long. Yeah. Uh, Rob, thanks for coming on and letting us know your experience uh, out there at the uh, Universal Orlando Resort, uh, SeaWorld, and Volcano Bay, and in the entire Orlando theme park area that's right. open right now. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, Rob is on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, talks a lot about Star Wars. It's yeah. the Star Wars podcast that doesn't make <laughs> you feel like a jerk. <laughs> uh, you, if you haven't checked it out yet, you definitely should. Uh, Rob, pre- please tell our listeners if they don't know already how they can find the Jedi Temple Archives podcast and where they can find you on social media as well. 
Yeah. I've been gone for so long. I'm not even sure I remember, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you can find our podcast pretty much on any podcatcher out there. Uh, definitely on our website at jtapodcast.com. You can reach us via email at jtapodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media at jtapodcast. Uh, and actually my wife, Kim has also put a ton of our trip stuff out on our Pinterest page. Nice. So if you're a Pinterester and you want to go check that out, there should be a whole board on Pinterest with that information as well. Cool. And, uh, I think, uh, we're probably here in the next few weeks going to be starting our Disney podcast. Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, so um, I'll be doing kind of alternating weeks. I'll do uh, every other week we'll be doing the JTA podcast and then I'm going to be doing the uh, the Hoopty Duo Disney review show. Cool. Yeah. So uh, this was all research for that, right? Right, so nice. exactly. Nice. Yeah, looking forward to that. I know you've been showing me a lot of stuff, a lot of the logo and everything. We're building up for it for months. I'm excited for yes. that to finally uh, kick off. Totally. I can't wait for that. So that's yes. great news. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you want to get out there. They, you know, Rob, Kim, they're great Disney fans. I mean, right. yes, they like Star Wars a lot as the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, but they are really, really big Disney fans and have a lot of insight into the parks. And I'm sure their podcast, their Disney podcast will be an excellent one as well i think you'd agree Michelle. i totally agree because the level of research that rob puts into things <laughs> is top notch and love it and they're the most wonderful people you could know and it'll be the disney and podcast that doesn't make you feel like a jerk <laughs> <laughs> and, my, and my wife kim usually has an opinion so uh, this is her chance to yeah to put it up nice so Fun. Yeah. Can't wait. Excited yeah. for that. That's great. So, yeah. Rob, uh, thank you so much for sharing all this uh, information of your trip with our listeners and, and coming on the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Um, I'm sure we'll have you on again in like two or three weeks right. because we have you on all the time. So, <laughs> And we truly appreciate that you took time out of your Father's Day. Happy Father's Day yes. again um, yeah. to spend time with us. And it, we couldn't be more appreciative. Yes. Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, hopefully some of the information I put out there helps somebody uh, if they're thinking of going on a summer trip. I, I definitely think that, you know, if you're willing to risk it. Um, and again, I don't feel like the risk level is that high. Uh, I know that there's been talk of some spikes in, in mm -hmm. Florida, but they've mm -hmm. also been increasing their testing right. um, by quite a bit as well. So um, I, I would definitely say that, you know, this is going to be the summer where you're going to have the opportunity to right. probably get a lot done in a short period of time. Sure. Um, so it'll be a different, it'll be a different trip, but right. a, you know, yeah. an interesting trip that you can always, you know, remember and, and talk about, right. you know, you're, you know, we, Michelle mentioned it, you know, you're, it's a historical time, you know, yes. it would be uh, very interesting. Just like our, our, uh, Disney cruise was right. different, you know, we'll always remember it because of so many different things that were mm -hmm. happening during it. If you go out and you and you do follow through with your vacation, right. uh, I'm sure it'll be one of those that you will always talk about. Definitely. So, You'll get a chance to use a lot of your Hyperion tips too, because, uh, you will be hydrating, which I know. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, Michelle likes people to look up and once you pass out from heat stroke uh, from having that mask on you're only going to be looking up right? so. perfect <laughs> love it, love it. it. <laughs> awesome Rob thanks again we really yes. appreciate you coming on the show once again for sure thanks for having me guys So thanks again to Rob LeBerry from yes. the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. Such an interesting trip that he had. And he had so many interesting facts and even a few tips if you're planning on making it out there right. to the Universal Orlando Resort or what you might expect uh, coming up when the Walt Disney World res Resort reopens pretty soon. Yeah. And we certainly appreciate that he took the time, you know, as we said on Father's Day, but also just making it back home. So, right. uh, 
you know, very, very appreciative. Very much so. And happy Father's Day to him as well. So uh, speaking of Walt Disney World Resort reopening, let's get to our Disney stories of the week. All the stories this week are going to deal with some of the stuff that's coming out about Walt Disney World Resort reopening. And uh, so we have lots of details that came out, I think it was Saturday or Friday. No, it was Friday. Friday they, a lot of them came out on Friday. So I'm going to run through some of these. Um, they are a little confusing. So you may want to look up the story yourself or uh, go to the website, which I'll list on here. I think it's uh, waltdisneyworld.com slash updates if you want kind of more mm-hmm. information on it, if you're planning a trip to kind of find out more. But uh, this is from the Disney Parks blog, and that's where you can find a lot of this information out. It says, they say it's almost time for magic as we prepare for the reopening of the Walt Disney World Resort theme park starting on July 11th with the Magic Kingdom Park and and Disney's Animal Kingdom, and followed by on July 15th by Epcot and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. So they say to manage attendance during this reopening period, uh, they are introducing the new Disney Park Pass system. Uh, during this reopening period, they're um, going to be uh, putting this into play for all guests with a ticket or an annual pass. So you already have to have a ticket or an annual pass to be able to put this system into use. Uh, You'll be required to make a reservation in advance for each park entry using the new online tool that you can find at DisneyWorld.com. Right, right. And as we've mentioned in a past episode, we've seen that process here in Southern California with mm-hmm. the flex pass that you have to go on and you, you know pull up a schedule and pick the day which park and so uh, uh, you know it's very easy to use right right so here's the important details you'll need to know about this new system you'll need to uh, you'll need a my Disney experience account um, mm-hmm. first and foremost uh, this is where you'll be able to connect with everything at the Walt Disney World Resort and you can do that through your phone or you can do that right. online uh, you also need a valid theme park ticket as I just mentioned or an annual pass that is linked to to your My Disney Experience account. So once you have those two in place, then when the time comes, you can go ahead and and start making a reservation. If you have a uh, Disney Resort hotel reservation, you also want to be sure and link that to your My Disney Experience account as well because that's going to open up some things a little bit earlier for you uh, when you do this. So once here's how the process is going to go. Once you've logged into your My Disney Experience account with your with your linked ticket, you'll have access to a calendar of available reservation dates for each theme park. If you have a multi-day ticket, you will be required to make a park reservation for each date of your visit that you plan on going to the parks. You don't right. necessarily need to go to the parks. If you're there, you can just right. stay in your hotel, whatever the case may be. Right. But if you are planning the visit, you will need to, you know, when you log on to go through the dates and make right. reservations at that time. Uh, families and friends can link their tickets together and look to arrange theme park entries at the same time. So that way, you know, if you are a group, you right. can go to the Makes same sense. parks at the same time. Uh, at the this time guests will be able to select one park per day so you won't be able to visit more than one park per day at least for now Mm -hmm. uh that's because of you know uh, theme park limitations into how right. capacity and such. Uh, so don't worry about park hoppers at this point. You just will be going to one park right. per day. Uh, guests with existing tickets that include park hopper options or park hopper plus options will have the options available for them uh, to 
to for ticket modifications and cancellations. You can go to uh, visit DisneyWorld.com slash updates for more information on that. Right. So uh, you may be able to arrange different things for that if you have park hopper right. options right now since you cannot park hop right. at the current state that we're uh, reopening. Uh, they say they do hope to bring back the ability to visit more than one park per day soon and will continue to offer these add-ons for 2021 mm-hmm. ticket offers. Again, that might is subject to change as right. we see what happens when this sure. uh, COVID time you know this we're going through there uh for existing ticket holders annual pass holders beginning this week they will be reaching out uh to them with more information about uh when exactly you'll be able to make these reservations when you'll be able to do that so uh they will be doing uh those with um resort stays Mm -hmm. first Makes sense. Um, yeah. So you may have already, by the time you're listening to this, you may have already received those in that information. So this may be kind of old data for you, but just in case you haven't, we're just kind of, kind of put it out there for you. Uh, later this summer, they will resume sales of 2020 tickets and more uh, Disney resort hotel arrivals based on the availability of park reservations. Right. So for right now, they're putting a hold pause on it, putting a hold on new tickets. But as they see how things go, right. as it plays out, maybe they are able to open up some more capacity sure. and they see how much capacity they've used to this point. They may eventually begin to right. open more tickets up. Makes so sense. that will be good news. I would say just keep it on there. If you have a trip coming up and you don't have tickets right now, keep looking at right. the uh, Disney World uh, website and try and find out. If you are planning a trip for next year, for 2021, mm-hmm. uh, beginning on June 28th, all guests will be able to purchase new Disney Resort hotel packages and theme park tickets and make their reservations for arrival starting in 2021. So if January 1st, 2021, if you have a reservation like we do, right. or if you're planning a trip, you will, as of the 28th, be able to make nice. buy tickets, start making these reservations uh, for the dates you're going. So right. just be ready for that to go uh, on the 28th. You'll probably want to jump on that for your dates. Uh, and um, interesting, another th- thing that's coming up in uh, that was news out of this is that um, magic bands, free complimentary magic bands right. are no longer going to be offered. Right. You can still purchase magic bands. If you have a resort stay, you can still get a discount on mm-hmm. your magic bands, but you will not get the complimentary ones you did before. Instead, they're going to start pushing all this technology uh, essentially onto the My Disney Experience app yeah. that's mm-hmm. on your phone. So like you can use your phone now if you wanted to to unlock your right. hotel room, right. your Which resort stay. Already. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will be able to use that instead of a magic band. Now, if you already have a magic band, which we have dozens of, <laughs> uh, you still will be able to use them. You right. can still purchase magic bands. As I said, if you're a resort stay, you can get the discounted right. ones. You can still go to the shops and purchase the you know character right. and themed right. ones. And they said they are pl- still planning to design more right continue to design newer fun bands so if you like that system uh, you still can use what you have and you can still purchase more and you can still use the ones you purchased right. however um if you prefer to use your phone i mean we're all carrying our phones around mm-hmm. or many of us are still are carrying our phones around with us when we're going to the parks anyways um it may just be easier for you to use that so it's up to you it's your right. choice on how you want to uh right. work with these things yeah so, so. Uh, one more story I have, uh, by the way, uh, go to DisneyWorld.com slash updates for all the information coming up because it's changing or at least more information is coming out all the time. Right. Right? As I, as you're probably listening to this, more information has probably come out, but we want to get this out there for right. the people. It's anyway. the major concepts yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, so they also um, 
put out some details as to what to expect for uh, the attractions that will be open and what you'll get from the character experiences mm -hmm. while you're out at the Walt Disney World Resort once it reopens. They do say that most attractions will be available at nice. each park. Uh, for example, they say you can live your adventure at Disney's Hollywood Studios with attractions like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance at Magic Kingdom Park. Classics such as Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Space Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean are well are waiting to welcome guests back for their thrilling adventures. Uh, time travelers take note, the iconic Spaceship Earth attraction at Epcot will continue to be available. Yay. You know, it was in question for a little bit while because they were going to put it through refurbishment uh, during this right. time. Well, they're putting a pause on that for right now. So if you do want to go back on Spaceship Earth, it will be available for you. Also, Soren will be open. Frozen Ever After. Hashtag Real Man Love Frozen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Test Track will also be open. And uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park. Uh, of course, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Expedition Everest. Uh, the Avatar Flight of Passage, all going to be available right. for you. So um, most of the attractions will be able to experience yeah, while you're there. That, so well, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. You know, and, and uh, I, not to make it sound like old news, but we've kind of already acclimated to, you know, what we saw with the opening at um, Shanghai. So, you know, they've had kind of the the test of this right, already. Hong Kong opened up this week. Right, yeah. right. So, um, you know, this is exciting news and it's, you know, kind of what we were expecting, I think. Yeah. For a so, lot of it. Um, good news. As far as characters, yeah, you won't be able to go do the meet and greet with the characters, right. but they are going to make sure that the characters are out there. They say that they'll have, they'll be doing it in various different ways from special cavalcades, cavalcades down Magic Kingdom Park parade routes and uh, friends sailing down through the waterways of uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, processions along the World Showcase Promenade at uh, Epcot, and motorcades on Disney's Hollywood Studios and Hollywood Boulevard. They'll have characters around. So, right. you know, all your children can still see their favorite characters. Again, you may not be able to get a picture with them up close right. uh, <laughs> during this trip, but that doesn't mean they won't stop, that you can't get a selfie with them as right. they're going by, whatever the case may be. You can get pictures, you can get a smile, you can get a wave. Right. The characters will be there. Maybe Mickey, Minnie, uh, the whole group, they will be around. So you know, it will be a different Disney experience right. than what you've seen before. But they are trying to do what they can to make sure it is somewhat what you would expect. Right. It, they'll still be magic. Yes, they'll still be magic. And one of my favorite things they mentioned here is possibly Anna and Elsa sailing through World Showcase <laughs> on a barge or something. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good to me. So, you know, hashtag real man love frozen. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Talk about corny dads. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Very corny. Uh, so that's it for our Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle one because she's just wonderful, awesome. <laughs> All things are good. Uh, but she also has the very best tip. So let's get Aww. to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. You're so sweet, so sweet. So um, what inspired me for my tip this week actually, um, I substituted it in kind of last minute because I was talking to somebody at work who's a new mom and uh, she loves going to Disneyland and I realized some of the things that you know as, as veterans we take for granted 
a new mom might not be familiar with. So, you know, for example, one of them she didn't know about was child swap. So when going on an attraction that, you know, the child can't be on, doesn't want to be on, um, you can actually go in, you know, and ask the cast member how that, that particular cue works for the child swap. But that way you don't have to have only one go into the ride and the other one's, you know, uh-huh. never going to get a chance unless they go into another long queue. So she was thrilled to hear about that, you know, and then obviously the child care areas within the parks, you know, that can provide a nice quiet uh, location that also provides some additional amenities, you know, whether it's a microwave or an area that you can, uh, you can, if you're a nursing mother or just to kind of get away to, to, help the child decompress a little bit from all the excitement. Um, so, you know, I, again, that this may be old news to some people, but I, I realized again that I was taking it for granted that some people just never had to experience it. They don't have children. Mm-hmm. They never did look for these things or are aware of them. So I want, I figured it'd be a tip to share some of those for, for the new moms and new dads that are out there. Yeah, it's really important. If, especially, I mean, maybe you don't go to Disney World or Disneyland that often. And, right. you know, and maybe you haven't gone with young children. Right. And so it is important to kind of know that these things exist. That way you do have the opportunity to, to you know, get that time right. to... One, yeah, yeah, you can still, you know, go on all these attractions that you love, right. even if the child it doesn't reach the height requirement or exactly. is scared or whatever the case sure. may be. Uh, but you also can, you know, enjoy your time with your children there throughout the park. And then, yeah, part of that enjoyment is making sure you have spaces that are safe spaces right. where you can get away from the excitement, where you can rest up, where you can right. get the services you need uh, for these young children, especially if you're a nursing mother right. or whatever the right. case Or if you've am. forgotten something right. and you need to... You know, purchase some diapers or something like that. It makes it so much easier. Very for them. good point. Michelle's tip. Uh, Always the best tip. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. And what about your tip? My tip. Well, my tip has to deal with it is Father's Day when we're recording mm-hmm. this today. So my tip is maybe something that you can do if you're at either the Disneyland Resort or the Walt Disney World Resort, you know, that may be special that fathers might like, okay. you know, besides just going to the regular theme parks or times, you know, a couple things that you might be able to treat father to while they're out there for whether it be Father's Day or whatever the day it may be. So let's just take, for example, the Disneyland Resort. I mean, there's a few less options. Disneyland's a little smaller but there are a couple things that you might dad might like like how about brunch at the lamplight lounge you know I mean, who doesn't yeah. like brunch at the lamplight lounge right great food great cocktails most dads like those things <laughs> i do um <laughs> lamplight lounge is great uh your dad likes a steak how about uh dinner at the steakhouse 55 at the disneyland nice. hotel you know classic steakhouse great food right. great atmosphere Great place to take him out for a meal. And you don't even need a ticket to Disneyland to go do that. You can just go visit downtown Disney or the Disneyland Hotel and go get a great meal. Get a reservation. Very great meal. Uh, More options at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, You know, I like to do this from time to time. Most many dads I know like to do this. How about a round of golf when you're at the Walt Disney True. World Resort? Right. Many of you all ever, you go to the theme parks, whatever you know, there are four championship golf courses at the Walt right. Disney World Resort. Uh, the Palm, the Magnolia, the Lake Buena Vista, and the Oak Trail 
golf courses, championship golf courses, go and schedule a golf day for right? dad, either, you know, with him and his buddies or, you know, you can take the whole family out and have a good time out at the Walt Disney what a great World idea. Resort. Yeah. Your dad like fishing? Well, guess what? You can do that at the Walt Disney World True. Resort, too. As a matter of fact, they have guided fishing tours where you go out there, catch and release. Unfortunately, you can't get, catch them and right. fry them up that <laughs> night for dinner. But you can go out and have a great fishing experience for either two or four hours in a pontoon boat right out there. And, uh, and they come out of many of the resorts. And if, it, if the resort is on water, there's a good chance that there is a right. uh, fishing excursion that comes out of there. Uh, you can go out there. They provide all the, the, the rods, the reels, the tackle the bait everything for you and you can have that great experience and they even provide uh you know um, non-adult beverages and if you want to bring an adult beverage on with you you can bring those on board as well wow, and have a sweet. good time yeah uh if you just don't want to bother with the uh, excursion you know you can just fish right off the dock at port orleans riverside uh they do you can rent rod wow. and reel there and fish right off the dock there that's another great way to get their fishing in maybe you don't need to get the boat in but right. you can go sit out and have a good couple hours out there um that's a lot of fun as well there's also the motorized boat rental at all right. these places if you want to take a boat out they have different sized boats to take out going to have you know go around bay lake or the seven seas lagoon yeah. or whatever and have a good old time and if your dad likes a good hearty meal <laughs> and maybe smoked meats or something <laughs> why not take him to the trails and restaurant True. at fort wilderness uh, it is one of my favorite restaurants Lots of great smoked meats. I love the smoked meat hash. You can go there for brunch. You can go there for dinner. You can go there for lunch. Great restaurant, fried chicken, um, really hearty, hearty food that most dads will love. I can't recommend it more. So that's just a couple ideas. There are actually a ton of ideas for Disney, uh, for Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resort to you know, for your father to have a great time. But those are just a few ideas. Oh, that's awesome. Some things I wasn't even aware of. I didn't know you could just fish at the dock. Yeah. Port Orleans cool. Riverside, you can do that. I didn't know that either. I, I found Excellent. that out. I knew about the excursions, but that was the first time I saw that. Oh, you can just rent a rod and reel and just, you know, go right off the dock there. Wow. Again, catch cool. and release. But that, right, right. That, so. Very cool. So that's it for our show for today. Next week, well, we're getting set for the release on Disney Plus of our favorite musical, <laughs> Hamilton, yeah. an American musical, yes. and we are teaming up with great friends of ours to do a crossover ep- episode, couple episodes, right. actually. Uh, Keenan and Rachel from Part of Our World podcast, they're joining us for our show. We're going to start on our show, kind of do a basic Hamilton, just to, for those who are you know, maybe have an experience there, don't know much about it to kind of give you an idea of what Hamilton is all right. about. So you're prepared for when it comes out on Disney plus and, and then spoiler free. It's a spoiler free one. Well, Mostly spoiler for everyone. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to go over and transition onto their show for an episode that's going to come out a little bit later where we're going to get really spoilery into it because right. there are so many layers involved in Hamilton that you may not pick up the first time you watch it or right. listen to the soundtrack or whatever, but in, in future watchings, in future listenings to the soundtrack mm-hmm. or whatever, you'll pick up all this depth and we are going to explore a lot of that on that show. So once you've watched it, or if you don't care about spoilers, if you want to <laughs> know this depth going into the first time you see it, right. uh, you will have that much more hopeful enjoyment for watching Hamilton and American Music. Right. And I was just going to say, I think our whole goal for the, the both of those episodes is to really help people have a, a much more enjoyable experience as they watch that play. Yeah, that's it. We're just going to try and uh, just open up your, you know, your viewings of it so you can right. really enjoy it when it comes out on Disney Plus, which we're really, really excited yes. about. Yes. So. A lot of passion around that. Yeah. 
Uh, so that's it for this week. We appreciate that you found us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. I got it right this week. Yay. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and sign up for the newsletter? Yes, you'll really be uh, super happy you did that. And uh, you can also you know, go to the website or go to our Gmail account to give us some feedback. We always love hearing from you all. So please reach out to us if there's topics, if there's uh, questions that you have, anything that we can help with. We really want to be there for you. Yeah. And you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, some of the emails we got this week came from the newsletter, but even if whether you subscribe to the newsletter or not, if you ever want to contact us for right. any reason, that is the uh, the address to, to find us at. Uh, you can also follow along with us on social media we're on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast and we do have a youtube channel maybe you're watching this on youtube right now but if you don't know where our youtube channel is uh, just go onto youtube do a quick search for hyperion adventures podcast we should come right up if you subscribe to us then whenever we drop a video like i said most of them will be just uh, you know video versions of these episodes but we may drop a, another thing here and there occasionally out there so uh, whenever a video comes up if you subscribe to us you will be the first to know yes and again uh, to be the first to know is subscribing to the newsletter that is even the better way to be the first to be in the know for anything so thanks for joining us for another adventure of the another adventure of the Hyperion Adventures podcast Thanks for joining us for another week of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical Father's Day. Bye.